There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. One hundred one point nine Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here in a beautiful summer's day in Johannesburg. It's so nice to have you with us. Thank you so much for taking time to turn on your radio, turn on your computer, wherever you might be or whatever you might be tuned in on to listen to Soul to Soul. And it's our privilege and a tremendous to be able to share some time with you every every week. This week I want to do something perhaps. I can't remember we've ever done it. And I have a discussion about a part of our Pasha that uh, seems interesting and, and a bit difficult to, to understand, but there's actually a lot about it. And a lot of, I found some of it quite interesting. So therefore, let's let's share it together. And again, as always, I'm really, really interested to get your feedback and, and take on 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 things. The Pasuk in the sixth Pasha says, We Avraham Zokain Bobayomim. Avraham was old Bobayom and he's coming with his days as we did once explain. Hashem Avram Bakoyal. And Hashem the bench said, Hashem blessed Avram Avinu Bakoyal with with everything. And the Gemara Baba Basadaf Tazainam Abay says very many different explanations as to what Bakoyal means. What was it that a Kurdish blessed Avram with besides what we know that he already already had. So one of them is that says Bas Avram. Avram Avinu had a daughter or Bakil Shema. And her name was was Bakal. So the Torah is giving us extra information about Avram Avinu that he had a daughter whose name was was a uh, was a uh, was Bakil. So Interesting. First of all, why, why did he give her a name, a name like like uh, like that? So it could be, unfortunately, say that Bakoil is actually an acronym. It's Rashi Tevis, which uh, could be Baris Karisi Leinai. I've made a, a covenant to control and watch over my eyes that I shouldn't see things that uh, are not right to look at. Or bris kerusal lisfasayim, or there's a, a, a treaty I've made with my lips not to not to say things that one shouldn't one shouldn't say. And these are such fundamental things that every human being, men and women, need to be so so careful about to 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 be careful about the tsnius and uh, and uh, and you know that that men shouldn't. Uh, See things that they shouldn't, uh, they shouldn't see. And of course, to, to, to guard our mouths, make sure that, uh, we don't say Lashon Hara, Has Vashalom, uh, 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 is something that is, is very, 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 very common in, in this world. And, and we need so, so, to work so hard and to really put effort into, into, uh, uh, controlling, tr- controlling it, right? Uh, women who are so involved with other people, it's perhaps even more of, of, uh, of a uh, of, of an issue, so maybe that's the name. That's name uh, uh, Bakoil. Um, they uh, it's brought to the name of the 
of the of the Kafa Chaim that uh, this this pasuk uh, alludes to to one of the names of of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, one of the one of the uh, a special malachim that could be included in that uh, in that name name also. Now, in Tosfos, Tosfos there in in uh, in Baba Basra, asks a very basic question. It says, "Okay, so let's say Avraham uh, Avinu uh, uh, did have a daughter called Bakor. So, if so, why didn't Avraham Avinu marry her off to to Yitzchak? Based on the one opinion in the Gemara in in Sanhedrin that says that a a Ben Noach, someone who's a, 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 not a Jew, is allowed to marry his his sister. So, so that would have solved a lot of problems if just Yitzchak had, mar- had married her. So several answers are are given. Uh, some want to say, okay, maybe they actually did meet, and uh, it just wasn't a good uh, a, a good shidduch. Uh, uh, the Yavitz wants wants to say that uh, Avraham Avinu would never have allowed uh, Yitzchak to marry her, even though now it it was permitted, but something that was in in the future going to become also with a, a very very serious iser of an iser uh, uh, kares. So then, of course, the uh, Avinu would never, would never, uh, uh, allow that. Certainly after Avram had the, had the brismila, he would not, uh, he did, he certainly didn't have any more the din of a, of a ben Nayach, and therefore certainly wouldn't have gone for such a, 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 a Tosus himself, uh, didn't like this territory, obviously, and therefore Tosus brings a, a different answer. And says the Yeshlama Tesis answers that maybe this daughter was a katana. She was still a very, very young child. And uh, Avram thought it wasn't yet time for her to get to get uh, to get married. That's one territory he gives. And the other is that no that the truth is that uh this this daughter, we're not even sure who, who the mother was. Tesis says the mother may well have been Hagar and not and not Sarah. And therefore that's why he didn't want to marry her off to to uh to Yitzchak. Um in in uh in Paltiel on the Torah he also says a very a similar thing that Yitzchak was the the Bukhar and at that time being the Bukhar meant you were a like a Kain, you had the same status as the Kainim have uh, today, and, and in fact, all the laws that are applicable to a coin uh, applied to to him. And therefore, since this daughter was from Hagar, therefore, since Hagar was a, a maid servant, therefore, her daughter automatically was a maid servant. Also, and even if she would have been free, so a coin is not allowed to marry uh, a, a such a person, and that's why this was a no go of a of a uh, of, of a shidduch. Many ask on Tysus' first answer that she was a uh, a very small child, that uh, <coughs> even that even though she was maybe the daughter of 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 uh, Sarah, but she was very small, and that's why Avraham Avinu didn't want to marry her off to to uh, to Yitzchak. Um, 
So they asked, well, how could, how young could she have been? She probably wasn't any younger than Rivka was, right? Because according to tradition, Rivka was born after Sarah had died because we know that, uh, Sarah died right after the, the, the Akeda, as soon as she heard the news about the almost Akeda of, of Yitzchak. And at that time, Rivka was, uh, Rivka was, was born. So, uh, uh, so if, obviously, if this, uh, child was, uh, Sarah's daughter, she must have been born before the death of, of, uh, of, of Sarah. And therefore, at minimum, she was slightly older than Rivka, if not, if not, uh, a lot, lot older. And, and therefore, certainly he could have possibly, uh, married, married, uh, married her. So, in in the sefer of uh, Rabbi Yosef Chazan, it uh, it says Avraham Avinu didn't want to uh, uh, endanger his uh, his daughter Bakoil and to marry off when she was when she was young and she wasn't yet uh, old enough, mature enough maybe to be to be uh, to be married and to and to give and to give uh, 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 give her for 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 marriage, but. Uh, Interesting that Avram was only worried about that regarding his own his own daughter, but not regarding other uh, 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 women. And when when uh, when the suggestion for Rivka to get married to Yitzchak came along, there seemingly Avram had no had no objection to to uh, to to that. Um, so so comes out that uh, both Rivka and Bakoil were were not were not that old age when they got uh, they got uh, uh, married. In fact, uh, it, certainly, if we hold that Bakol was the daughter of of Sarah, then Bakol was probably older than than uh, than than Rivka. But for whatever reason, Avram didn't want to marry her off yet at that uh, at that uh, at that age. Um, and uh, in the Shutzvus Yankov of Yaakov Rasha also writes a, a a similar similar thing that uh, although we don't usually makadish uh, uh, a very young young girl that's why Avram didn't want to do so for his daughter but obviously Bsuel didn't have any such qualms about his daughter Rivka and therefore allowed her to get to get uh, to get married even when when. Uh, when, when she was young. It's, 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 it's a very, very individualist thing. It's a question on the, on, on, on the father, whether the father wants. Now, Ramavinu didn't want, and, uh, Basul obviously didn't, didn't, uh, did, didn't matter. Now, the whole question of, uh, of, uh, if, uh, <clears throat> if, if, of Tosis is obviously, I mean, contingent on this theory that, in fact, Rivka was three, Three years old. It's not necessarily such a, a such a, a, a done done deal. Although the midrashim say that uh, the way it's presented in the Torah, the Akeda happened, and then after the Akeda, Avram heard about the, the birth of of, uh, of of Sarah, and therefore she must have been according to the Cheshbon, she must have been three years old when when Yitzchak married her. Yitzchak was thirty seven at the Akeda, forty when he married. Rivka, and therefore she must have been, uh, must have been three. 
in Tosis, Tosis in 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 Yevomus, uh, brings a a, a brisa that uh, a coin godol uh, needs to marry Dafka, a a woman, someone who's already a a naira means she's uh, twelve years old, but not yet uh, a twelve twelve and a half. It's learned from a a uh, a pasuk says ki in besula me amov yikach isha, and uh, therefore besula is only Dafka, someone who's a a a, a naira, and. Uh, um, and therefore, uh, the Gemara comes to the, the conclusion that Rivka must have been twelve years old when when uh, when she got married to to uh, to Yitzchak. Um, and and Tosfos there says that this brisa seems to contradict the 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 Seder Olam and brings also uh, the opinion of uh, of uh, Rav Shmuel HaChosid. That uh, who proves from from the Safri that Rivka was fourteen years old the time that she got uh, she got married and and Taisvis ends off by asking that uh, there's a contradiction between Medrash and Moshe three or thirteen. So if according to that we could say that Taisvis that says that Bakoil was a uh, a, a katana. So that could go according to the opinion that Rivka was in fact fourteen years old and not and not three years old, and therefore uh, Rivka was much older than Bakol. And we can understand why why uh, Avram wasn't uh, keen to do such a a a, uh, a marriage. Avianus and Avishitz brings in into Ferris Yainasen says the Vayomal Avram is Yitzchak Benoi Ben Shmuel. Avian talks about Avram making a Brismila for Yitzchak when when he was born, and uh, and he uh, he says that um, he he brisked him obviously when he was eight eight days days old, but uh, um, uh, and it says it says uh, uh, it says S Yitzchak he brisked uh, S Yitzchak, and we know the word S always comes to. Uh, Include, so he wants to say that Yitzchak was actually born with a with a twin. It also seems in the Medrash that uh, that by the Shvatim, the Shvatim were all born with with twin with twin sisters, and therefore when it says that Avram Avinu had a bas and Bakoil Shema, and it doesn't mention in the Torah her her ba- her birth says of Yitzchak, but it could very well be that she was the twin sister of uh, of Yitzchak. And that's what it says, S Yitzchak, to include his uh, his uh, his sister. And that's why it says uh, uh, Yitzchak was the son was brisked when when on, at eight days, so that uh, the the mother should be able to uh, uh, be be together. She should no longer be be uh, be tame, and that everyone. Could be could be happy at the uh, at the uh, at the uh, at, at, at the bris, but of course, if Sarah gave birth to a male and a female, so she was actually tummy for fourteen days because she had also given birth to a to a uh, a, a female, and nevertheless, they still did the bris at eight days, even though 
even though uh, 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 Sora was still in a in state of tumor, and that's why it says Kashe Tzivoy Soy Elokim. He did it because that was the Tzivoy, even though it wasn't under optimum uh, 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 conditions. Now, obviously, uh, this doesn't fit with either of the answers of of uh, of, of Taisus, uh, Taisus, because clearly she wasn't Hagar's daughter, uh, and. Uh, Rather, she was uh, she was Sarah's uh, 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 daughter, and nor was she a katana. If she was the same age as uh, as uh, as Yitzchak, then obviously um, she was then uh, thirty seven at the time of the Akeda, as as uh, as Yitzchak as Yitzchak uh, 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 was. In the Sefer Yalkut Avram, he brings. Over there, that uh, he says, I was once sitting at a at a at a, at a, at a, at a simcha with uh, other talmidei chachamim, and I asked them this question: Why doesn't it say anywhere, not in Rishonim, not in Achronim, that Avram Ovinu made a pigeon haben for for Yitzchak? We, we learn about the bris, but we don't learn that that. Uh, that he did a pidyan, pidyan abed. So, various answers were, 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 were given. I mean, we understand why he wouldn't have made a pidyan abed for Yishmael, although he, obviously he was the firstborn to his, uh, his mother, because Yishmael was not the firstborn, because Rashi says that, uh, Hagar had been pregnant, uh, various times before. But uh, Sarah put an iron hara on her, and uh, and caused caused the child to to die. Uh, but uh, therefore, um, uh, cause, but but Yitzchak, he was the bechor. So two answers I give him. One is that Avraham Avinu inherited the kuna gedola from shame, and therefore uh, his children were the children of Cain, and therefore didn't need to put in a ben. But it's also possible to say that maybe Bas Bakoil was born before Yitzchak. The twins born together. She was the older one, and therefore there was no there was no uh, uh, pidgin pidgin haben. The really interesting question is, what happened to this daughter Bakoil? So there are three different versions that are brought in in this forum. Some say that she actually married the son of shame of Malkit Tzedek, Melech Shalem, and gave birth to Avner ben Ner, which of course also something that needs to be understood just because of the uh, huge gap of time involved. But then there are two other explanations. One explanation is that she died in the lifetime of of Sarah, and all that. And although obviously that was must have been a hugely traumatic event in Avram's life, but so long as Sarah was alive and they still had each other, he was comforted by the presence of of Sarah. But then, when when Sarah died, uh, uh, that really really brought out. Both the, the terrible feelings and, and the mourning for both his wife and his daughter. Some say she actually died on the same day as, as Sarah. The source for it is 
that we know that it says Vayavoy Avram bespoiled Lesara believe Kaisa and the chaf of the Chaisa is small and some said the intention is that it could be read without that word which would be Vayavoy Avram bespoiled Lesara Ulabita that the, the, the mourning was double, was compound, it was so terrible for Sarah and her daughter. Rav Moshe Feinstein in his Tshuvas, Narachayim Chalikdalet Simit Mem, completely dismisses this, says it's not, it's not possible that such a thing, first of all, we never saw anything like that in the, uh, in the, uh, in the Midrash. And it says, the fact that we didn't see is not, is not, uh, uh, Araya, but he says it's impossible that that could have happened. That Avraham Avinu should be punished in such a terrible way to lose, almost lose his son, and lose his wife, and lose his daughter, and be so totally, totally alone. Secondly, the, the Pasuk of Rashem Beirachas Avraham Bakoil, from which we learn that he had a daughter, is written after the death of, of, uh, of Sarah. So it remains a little bit of a, of a mystery as to what, what, what happened. But I think we've opened some doors and, and, and discussed a few things that maybe we hadn't heard before. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9. Hi, friend. The program is Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio here in Johannesburg on Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Chai Gesara. Thank you for coming back and, and rejoining us. So as we always do at this time on the broadcast to discuss the important things you need to know about this coming very exciting Shabbos. So Shabbos Kodesh, we've actually reached our summer kind of a, a, a port where Shabbos has reached quarter past six, which is the, going to be the standard time for uh, candle lighting, basically until about the first week in in March or or something like that. But uh, so that's that that's nice. Kind of we get to a, a plateau, as I think the word would be. So that's the latest time for lighting candles today is is exactly at at six at six fifteen. But you know what my next sentence is? Yup. From five ten, ten past five already, you can light your Shabbos candles. So, you know, why wait for the last minute? You know, just like when you have an assignment due, you know, you don't have to do it the night before it's uh, it's due, and then do an all-nighter because you have to hand it in on time. You know, got plenty of time. Do it early. Get those Shabbos lights on ten past five. You can already dab married. You can sit down and have a luxurious suda a bit earlier with the kids. You know, the kids still up, etc. Why not? Don't have to stress and, and, and push to the last, last minute. But the last minute is quarter past six today. Uh, Shkia sunset then would, would then be at 6.33. And therefore, if you want to, uh, do Davin Mayrev at night and not have to repeat the, the Krishma, so then uh, you could do that at 6.51, at nine minutes before seven. If you say, uh, Mayrev then, then you're good to go, as they say. You don't have to, you don't have to, uh, uh repeat. Tomorrow is the, uh, Pasha of Chayesara and the normal Haftarah for Chayesara, which is the very, very first chapter of the book of Malachim, the book of Kings. It talks about some of the last 
uh, uh, last uh, sort of days of, of Dovin Amelach's life and, and the seeming rebellion that takes place where Adonio wants to be the, the king. Very important because we are in summer and the day is starting so, so early. So the latest time for saying Kriya Shema tomorrow morning is at 8.31. That means that if you're davening in a minion that only kind of starts after Eilish, so then uh, you're probably in shul only going to say Krishna after that time, which means you're losing out really on that mitzvah. So one needs to to ensure that that one says the the Krishna before that deadline. What one can do is if one is sort of starting to davening, so there is a place in quite quite early in the davening where we say Shema Yisrael, and and there there's an opportunity to say the whole Shema. Otherwise, yeah, when you get up. And, and you're ready to, to, you're in a state to be able to, to, uh, to daven and pray. You can say the full, the full Shema before that, before that deadline because that is the, the deadline for that mitzvah. And afterwards, yes, while well, you can and, and should say Shema even after that point, but you've lost out on the incredible opportunity of, of, uh, of, of that mitzvah. And it's a once in a lifetime opportunity because you know, uh, create Shema tomorrow morning on tomorrow morning which is Shabbos Kodesh Bashis Chayesara in the year Tavshin Pei Aleph will never ever repeat itself as long as history continues and therefore it's a once in a lifetime opportunity you don't want to you don't want to uh, to miss but even better news is that tomorrow is Shabbos Mavarchim because we are getting to Rosh Chodesh Kislev yay that means Hanukkah is only four weeks away. Um, Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Hashem, will be on Tuesday. It's a one-day Rosh Chodesh, just Monday night and Tuesday. So we say Rosh Chodesh Benchen in, in, uh, in Davening tomorrow. Um, so that, that, that's definitely good news. So whatever ceremonies or minhogim you have in your community or in your home, on, on Shamsabarchim. This is the time to, to kind of ratchet them up and, and get, get, uh, get that all, get that all, uh, uh, already. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 7.08. Eight minutes past seven tomorrow night is the, unfortunately, the end of, of Shabbos. But then we go into another week and it's a week of Rosh So it's always a, a very, a very special, special week. We are Busy still with the laws of of Cholamayid. very very important important halachas, and we're dealing with an issue which we dealt with when we learned the laws of of Shabbos, and the the uh, the relationship between uh, Jews and non-Jews, and and the concept of whether or not a, a Jews can have non-Jews do work for them. So we know that on, on, uh, on Shabbos, so our, our Chazal have, have told us and, and forbade us on Shabbos to ask a non-Jew to do work for us, right? Uh, 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 even though we're not doing it, but if the Jew does it, and we spoke there various reasons why we don't allow either because it's, it becomes, he's our agent, it seems like he's our agent, it seems like he's doing it, uh, instead of us or, it's not to uh, not to 
disturb the beauty and, and, the, and the perfection of, of Shabbos, who was supposed to be distracted, whatever, whatever the reason is. So we know that on, on, on Shabbos, Yontif, it's forbidden to tell a non-Jew to do work for you. So the truth is that so too, on, on Cholomoyed, uh, Chazal also forbade us to tell a non-Jew to do any kind of activity, any kind of labor that the Jew himself would not be allowed to do on Cholomoyed. And if you want to know what that is, well, there's a, uh, an archive of Shiurim on Chai uh, FM over the last uh, few weeks we've been discussing what a Jew can or cannot do on 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 Cholomoyed. But whatever it is that a Jew is not allowed to do on on Cholomoyed, one is not allowed to uh, ask a non-Jew to do it for you either during during the period of 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 Cholomoyed. And even if you kind of have, have have worked out that if you don't hire, let's say, the non-Jew to do this particular activity for you on on Cholomoyed, um it's going to cost you a bit more. You might have to, you know, if uh, the situation is such that if you let it slide for a little while, it, it might need a bit of more of an investment of time, and therefore you might have to pay someone for a few more hours or, or for a greater skilled effort to do it after Yom Tov, it still remains forbidden. Because when we discussed, and, and we'll come back to it again in, in future weeks, when we discussed the concept of being allowed to do something to avoid a financial loss, that only uh, comes into, into play where a person is on the verge of losing something that he already has, as the Chayyadam, as the Chayyadam says. But where it's going to cost you a little bit more, that's not necessarily called Dover Ovid, and that doesn't, uh, uh, you cannot uh, uh, let the guy do something that you can't do just in order to save a bit of money now and not have to pay as much, as much later. We're going to come back and carry on with the discussion in a moment. We need to go to the shops. This is 11.95 from Soul to Soul. And please don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, on Friday afternoon here in beautiful Johannesburg. We're talking about the laws of non-Jews doing work for you on so we're saying that one is allowed to ask a non-Jew to do something that a Jew would be allowed to do, provided that, again, it's non-professional work, which is what a Jew is allowed to do, or to do a professional work, but to do it in an unusual, unusual way. For instance, if one needs uh, some clothing, Repaired for, for, for the yomtiv. So, uh, if the non-Jew knows how to do it and, and wants to do it in the normal way with the, with the professional type of, of, uh, of, uh, of stitch. So again, you don't have to stop him from, for, for doing it because again, a, a Jew could do it with a non-professional stitch. So if the, if the non-Jew decides to do it professionally, you don't have to stop him. Similarly, if a non-Jew, let's say, 
uh, did something of his own bet, of his own volition. He did some work for the Jew on on Chalmayin. You would the Jew would be allowed to benefit and enjoy whatever it was that the non-Jew did for him. And even though it's forbidden for the Jew to tell the non-Jew to do any mulacha for him, whatever it is that a Jew himself could not do on on Chalmayin. If what is necessary to be done is a requirement for a, a mitzvah, and it's a mitzvah that this needs to be done on Chalmoy or, or for the Yontem, then it would be mutter to ask the non-Jew to do it. So therefore, as a result of that, one would be allowed to ask a, a non-Jew, let's say uh, there's a construction of a, of a shul going on, and it's in, it's in final, final stages, and, and you really would like to be able to daven there in the last days of Yontem, and there's just some finishing up Final touches to to uh, to be done. So that's l'tzarech mitzvah that a non-Jew would be allowed to do on uh, on uh, on a chalamay. One would be allowed to give the non-Jew work to do before yamtiv, right? And with two with two conditions attached. To that number one, that the the non-Jew is is working. For his own behalf. In other words, uh, you've given him a job to do, but your arrangement is that you're going to pay him upon the completion of the of the of the job. In other words, he's going to get a, 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 a one sum for the completion of of that task, and he can decide himself when he wants to uh, work. And if he decides to work in Chalmoy, that's completely his his uh, his decision. Or if you have a situation where you're involved in some project where the non-Jew who's working will actually be like a, a partner where he's going to uh, uh, share in the profits of that of that venture. And again, therefore, if he's working on Chalmoyed, so he's working in order to increase his share of, of the profits, that, that, that would be then permitted. That's the first condition, so that he's doing it of his own, uh, of, for his own gain. And number two is that it's uh, it's not the kind of work where you would normally hire someone, let's say, uh, 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 to work day by day in order to do it. Because we're, we're, we're worried that uh, spectators who, who see him working, we don't want them to come to the conclusion, right or wrong, and suspect that this Jew, that he's hired the non-Jew to work for him for that for that uh for that way, and uh, and uh, you know, and because uh, then, then obviously it looks like you hired him to work on Chalmoyd to do things that maybe you couldn't do, which would be which would be forbidden. But let's say today, with with building uh, uh, projects, since normally uh, uh, one has a contractor and and one pays for the whole for the whole thing, and therefore the, it's the builders themselves who choose when they want to work. So then a nanju would be allowed to carry on building uh, a house for a Jewish client on uh, on Chol on and um, a uh, any kind of uh, uh, merchandise that a Jew would not be allowed to purchase on on Cholamayit. so uh, you can't ask the non-Jew to go and buy it for you on on Cholamayit. and even if you tell him before before a uh, 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 Yom Tov, 
to do it, he mustn't go and, and do a few on But you could tell him, so go buy it for yourself. I'll even give you the money to do it, but you buy it, I'll lend you the money, you buy it for yourself, and then after you answer, I'll buy it uh, from you, and you won't lose out on the, on the, on the, on the deal, right? So you, you, you'd be allowed to give him the money in order to make that, to make that, uh, that, that purchase. And you could ask him to do work on condition that he'll do it afterwards, but again, without uh, any kind of business deal, without weighing things out or, or measuring or, or, uh, you know, counting matters, which are all things that are forbidden on, uh, on, on, on that about is the end of our time for this week. Just a moment to thank you all for joining us, for participating in our show. We love to hear from you all. Don't hear enough. We'd love to get more feedback. But just to take the opportunity to wish you all a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Uh, it's a Shabbos. Shabbos Mabolchim. Get into the Rosh Chodesh spirit. Learn something interesting about the Pasha. What we discussed about uh, Abraham's daughter is just one of the many incredible topics in this week's Pasha. And to each and every one of you, a beautiful Shabbat Shalom, and thank you so much for your attentiveness.